Hello, and welcome to In the Privy Council, a weekly podcast reviewing cases heard before the Judicial Committee of His Majesty's Most Honorable Privy Council, brought to you by the Legal Style Blog. I am your host, Elijah Granite. This week, we are discussing the Mauritian case of Seacare Limited and Employment Relations Tribunal, the citation for which is 2022 UKPC 58. As ever, remember that because Mauritius is a republic, this case is decided directly by the Judicial Committee, without advising His Majesty the King. With that out of the way, let's look at this case. This is a short case originating with the appellant's dissatisfaction with an award of the Employment Relations Tribunal, that's ERT, on 26 October 2018. The appellant then applied in the Supreme Court, that is to say, the Court of First Instance, for judicial review on 7th December 2018, that's about six weeks later. The Supreme Court held that the application for review had not been made promptly, especially in light of the fact that the purpose of the ERT is to hear employment disputes speedily. The applicable framework in Mauritius for judicial reviews may be familiar to English listeners. The old rules of the Supreme Court, Order 53, which are received into Mauritian law by reference in the Mauritian Supreme Court Rules 2000. Order 53, Rule 4.1, requires that applications be made promptly and in any event, within three months from the date when the grounds for the application first arose. The appellants, by right, appeal to the Privy Council, arguing that their application was, in fact, prompt. For the board, my lord, Lord Sales, found that the starting point was that promptness was a fact-sensitive matter, best evaluated by the first-instance court. Where a decision to grant or deny permission is when necessary reasonable, that is to say, where a reasonable decision-maker could have come to such a decision, the board will show appellate deference to the decision of the first-instance court. Counsel for the appellant pointed to a number of cases where applications brought within six weeks were found to be prompt, but Lord Sales was not impressed. Promptness is not an absolute tied to a specific time frame, but rather depends on the context. So even if some facts in the past had made six weeks prompt in some cases, that did not render this case prompt. The claimant had the obligation to show that promptness had been exercised, regardless of if prejudice or detriment to another party were applicable factors. Here, the board was satisfied the Supreme Court had properly directed itself as to the applicable law, and reached a conclusion open to it as a reasonable decision-maker. In particular, the framework of rapid employment tribunal decisions means that it is reasonable for a claimant seeking to undermine such a decision should act more speedily. Furthermore, the claimant had failed to bring any evidence, besides the fact that it had taken less than three months to file an appeal. Just to emphasize the point, Lord Sales added, obiter, that equally the Supreme Court would have been entitled to point to the prejudice created by delaying the payment of the ERT's awards pending any judicial review. 
This short case raises a few short points of discussion. The first couple are related to practice. It's astonishing to me that this appeal was even brought, given no point was raised other than a fundamental misunderstanding of the rules for judicial review. The three months limit is a backstop, not a ceiling, and it's a basic point of public law and even just the plain drafting of Rule 4.1 that promptness can be less than the long stop point. I also struggle to understand the failure to cite any reasons for the delay other than to point to other cases where six weeks was found to be prompt, without any understanding from the senior counsel for the appellants of how contextual and fact-sensitive this is. For the second week in a row on this podcast, we see that simply because a party can appeal by right does not mean that they should appeal by right. Finally, it's interesting to see here the application of a reception provision by which the English rules, as they stood in 2000, are imported into Mauritius. This is relatively common in post-colonial states, and despite sounding a bit odd, actually operates relatively smoothly, as we saw in this case. It shows how an autonomous legal system can develop around rules it previously imported from a different system. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of In the Privy Council, brought to you by the Legal Style blog. If you want more legal content, visit our website, legalstyle.co.uk, or follow us on Twitter, at Legal Style blog. If you have any comments, suggestions, rants, or raves, the email of the podcast is editor at legalstyle.co.uk. We also re- welcome any ratings or reviews on your usual podcast platforms. Until next time, goodbye and gloire à toi, Il Maurice.